Red Business with Jonathan Healy. Hi there, thanks very much for joining us. Well, we will be overrun with festivals over the course of the next few months as we head into the summer when hopefully the weather is going to be a little bit better. We're going to talk about two of them that are coming up in the next little while. And if you work in retail and you found yourself at the wrong end of aggression from your customers, stay with us because there's a brand new course that's out there that could help. But we're going to begin with something that's coming to the Ballymaloo Grain Store down in East Cork. It's the Mayfair, which is happening between the 12th and the 14th of May. And I am delighted to have Bree Allen with me on the line, who's the festivals manager for the Grain Store. Hiya, Bree. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. I'm very well. Thank you so much for having me on. It's lovely to talk to you. I was looking at pictures uh, that you did in advance of the Mayfair and I automatically want to go down. But before we describe what's in those pictures, tell us a little bit about what you're hoping to achieve. Um, Mainly, the first and most important thing to achieve is a great day out for a night out for the whole family. That's, um, That's really our main aim for the whole day and also to give the exhibitors we have lots of stalls um, coming to give them an outlet to show what they do lots of local crafts and, and things like that it's not the craft fair but we try and give a platform to to people to come and, and show what they can do yeah and i think that's it there's such a wide range of things going on there there's fashion upcycling you're going to be making candles uh, there'll be sustainable cleaning products on show i saw a little bit of woodwork and whittling that's going on and then there's yoga and something called a sound bath what is a sound bath Oh, a sound bath is one of the loveliest things you can do. You lie on the grass in the walled garden, in our case, or anywhere else. And uh, Shama, who is our uh, yoga instructor for the day or for that event, she comes around and plays lots of different instruments as she walks around as you're lying on your mat. And so you're immersed in this beautiful sound. And it it's, it sounds quite strange but until you're in it it's actually really relaxing and it, it's a lovely thing to do so you're not in an actual bath now you're the, the, it's a virtual bath it's okay. a virtual bath exactly yeah okay i'm with you now that's good uh, that, that that explains it a little <laughs> bit more um th- there are there's a forgotten skills area i mentioned the wood whittling and the wood carving but tell us a little bit about forgotten skills well actually it was Darina who gave me this idea a couple of years ago and what Darina had this idea that I do this huge festival based on it, but we're going to start in small steps. Um, so it's an area and I've invited different craftspeople from around Ireland to come and demonstrate what they do for the weekend. So I have um, a gentleman there. He's going to be making spoons, carving wooden spoons. And I have someone else who's bringing their knitting machine, a 1980s knitting machine. And she's going to be knitting away. And I have Catherine coming with her basket. There's going to be a basket weaver. And there's going to be a um, blacksmith as well. And there's another couple as well. I'm hoping to get someone making jam and things like that. Things that we're just not doing as a society anymore Mm. that used to be a skill that we are sort of all... Now, Brie Allen, I will tell you, I can make my own jam every year. The blackberries, uh, because they're in abundance, get made into big pots of jam that I'm pawning off on my family for about six months afterwards. So I might be able to help you out in that context, given my jam-making credentials. Um, But you you mentioned the wall garden, which I have to say is a hidden gem down in Ballymaloo. And if people haven't gone into it, it's just 
an incredible experience. Uh, what with the big thick walls that promote the growth of all the fruits during the summer and then all the veg that you use in Ballymaloo House all set out there. But not, not content with having this wonderful gardening and growing oasis, you're turning it into a Shakespearean drama fest. We are. We are. We're having a midsummer night's dream in the walled garden on the Friday night. So the uh, Coke Shakespearean Company are coming down and putting on a production for us. And I just think having a midsummer night's dream in the walled garden at dusk, it's just such a magical experience. I think it'd be really lovely. And then actually on the Saturday night we have Candlelit Tales, which I don't know if you've heard of them, but it's a group from Dublin and they do Irish mythology stories with music so they're going to put on a performance on the saturday night so the walled garden is going to be amazing for the weekend between the wellness and the yoga and the pilates and the capoeira and the sound baths and then the evenings with these performances i think it'll be i'm really excited about it uh, what what i love is the versatility of, of ballymaloo that you're able to do all of these things within the one site and you're not necessarily using the house which is what people will most associate uh, with the site you've got uh, the grain store which is a, a venue you've got the wall gardens you've got the grounds it's making tremendous use of the space Brie. yeah and i mean the big shed so we we have a big shed that we clear out i take from my brother-in-law darren with all his grain and his storage and his tractors and we clear everything out we give the floor a good wash and then we fill it through full of stalls and food and workshops and and all these other things that take place for fairs and festivals yeah, I love the way that you haven't bothered with marketing. It's just the big shed. Uh, you could give it a name, <laughs> but it's just the big shed. I, and, and it's brilliant. And it just proof, if ever it was, that it's a family-run business, that will we give it a name? <laughs> no, it's fine. The big shed no, is it's good. the big shed. Yeah, exactly. Well, if you try, I tried to call it something else, and it got very confusing. Everyone was like, where? What? How? <laughs> just to fall back yeah, to the I big got, shed, yeah. <laughs> and then we have the woodshed, which we clear out and put all the tables and everything in, for, and the food trucks are at the end. And that actually stores all the wood for the year, and so that gets cleared out. It's called the woodshed. Oh, fantastic. So again, no need to make it more complicated than it is. Um, Now, if you're looking for this, tickets are available online. It's ballymaloograinstore.com and it's running pretty much across the weekend, isn't it? Starting on the Friday evening. Starting on the Friday evening and then all day Saturday, Saturday evening and all day Sunday. And all day Sunday as well. And uh, you have to get tickets on the website. You can't just rock up, can you? Oh, no, you can't just rock up. Yeah, I recommend if you want to do any of the workshops or the children's activities, there's children's Lego and um, arts and crafts sort of time slots that you probably should book through the website. But if you're just coming to have a wander around, see the forgotten skills and pop in and sit down and watch a cooking demo, because we've got a great lineup of cooking demos as well then you just buy the ticket at the door. But okay. for anything else, you should You, you should, should book pre-book. it online. Ballymaloograinstore.com is the website address. May the 12th to the 14th is when it is happening. If you need my jam-making abilities, Brie, you'll make sure you give me a call now, won't you? I will absolutely give just, you a call. Uh, I could very well be giving you a call. <laughs> if anyone drops out, you know where I am. Brie Allen of <laughs> Ballymaloo Grain Store. Thanks for joining us. Thank you very much. Now, are you working in the retail sector or any other sector where your staff can find themselves under threat from members of the public? There's been a reported rise in violent incidents in recent years, and that's prompted a new training programme called What If? It's designed to help people with conflict resolution and to help their personal safety. Daniel Manning is a consultant on the What If? programme. He's with me now. Daniel, how are you? I'm uh, great, Jonathan. That's lovely to talk to you. Tell me a little bit about how it works. 
So uh, basically, the What If Safety Programme is a bespoke personal safety and situational awareness course. Um, And the course is aimed at building confidence and empowering people when they're dealing with everyday difficult situations. And the course itself, we have broken it down into two areas. Uh, The first area is kind of the personal safety aspect of it. And it's aimed at, you know, people going to work, traveling on foot or going by bus or going by taxi, going for a night out. Uh, And it's kind of aimed at kind of primary school level, secondary school level, and maybe a third level. And the second part of the course then is aimed at worker safety. So it's uh, focusing on the early identification of potential problems and then how do we plan solutions in advance. So uh, that's focused at people maybe working in the retail sector, in the hospitality sector, uh, and and in different areas where people are actually okay. front facing or, or dealing with people of the people of uh, the public. I, I've always said that uh, to give any young person a grounding for the world of work, they should spend time on the front line in retail because you get to meet every type of individual that you're ever going to meet for the rest of your life. The sad reality is some of them may be violent, some of them may be aggressive. So is is it about sheltering in place or is it about uh, being able to identify risk? How does it work? Well, the, the course is very bespoke and it's about empowerment. So how does it work is is it's very scenario based. So as part of the training program, we, we will set up some scenario based and see how people will work through those. But we kind of have along the way tips and tricks for people. And I suppose the obvious kind of thing that we use is a thing called a risk assessment. And um, a lot of your listeners will, will be aware of this. And a lot of people aren't. But I mean, if you're crossing the road, you carry out a risk assessment every day and you don't even realize it. You know, you, you stand at the curb, you look up and down, you cross the road and you get to the other side and you've done that safely without being hit by a car. And what we're trying to introduce is a, a system that when people are at work, that they carry out a risk, a risk assessment. So what are they looking for? So they're looking at the people they're dealing with, you know, constantly assessing the situation. Is there anything going to happen? What is progressing? You're looking for signs. Are, are the people angry? Are they frustrated? Are they violent? You know, and and concentrating on, on what's occurring at the time. So it's building your situational awareness picture. Then you're looking at what objects are around in your working condition. So can they pick up a chair and throw it at you? Can you use the chair as a barrier to protect yourself? So what is in the area that you're working in? And then the next thing is the place. The place that you're working is very important as well. So are you aware of your surroundings? And what I mean by that, am I working alone? Am I in a crowd? What's the lighting like? What's the weather like? Am I inside or outside? Uh, Where are my exit points? Uh, If I need to get out of the area quickly or am I isolated? So we kind of, we start working on people to to have an understanding of the situation and look at three different areas. And as I say, we, we call it the pop, the person, object and place. But it's essentially, it's a risk assessment that we're looking for people just to carry out just remotely. And just get it into your head that when you go into an area, I'm carrying, I'm having a look around, I'm situationally aware of what's occurring. And, and, and if something was to happen, you you know what to do. And I suppose it, it's almost second nature. You wanted to become muscle memory when you're going into a space. But at the same time, when you do encounter someone who's aggressive, I'm presuming de-escalation is a much better approach than confrontation. Yeah. So again, what what we would look at is we kind of we kind of talk about three areas. So I mean, the first one is kind of avoidance. The second one then would be escape and evade. And the third one then would be escalation, uh, de-escalation. So again, the avoidance is that, as I, as I said, that you've gone into a space and you're seeing that, you know, that there's something going to kick off here. And what's the best way for me to protect myself here? And it's avoid. I'll avoid it altogether. You know, I walk away. 
and, and just get out of the space, you know, or I'll keep my mouth, you know, I'll keep my mouth shut. I won't, I won't get involved in, in, in a shouting match with the person. That, so that's the first thing that we'd always say is kind of avoidance. Uh, next one then is escape invasion. You know, can I, can I get out of the area? So it escalates to a point that, you know, it's gone past kind of the frustration, the person is angry or the person is aggressive or they're gone on to violence and can I get out of the area? So do I know how to get out? You know, uh, where are my exits? Can I run to safety? You know, or, or can I can I hide or uh, escape someplace? And then finally would be de-escalation. And de-escalation, the, the reality with de-escalation is that if if you're dealing with someone that is a resource predator, they're wanting to rob something off you. They want to rob your phone, your glasses, your purse. The best way to de-escalate that is you say, there you go. There's my phone. Take it away, and you've de-escalated. The person has got what they wanted, and they they they'll retreat without use of violence. So that is the the the, the easiest way regarding de-escalation. Um, it, it's it's kind of a terrifying situation because we none of us walk into any room or our place thinking, well, this is how I'm going to have to to play with this. But uh, which which sectors need this more than others right now? Is, is it retail? It, it, yeah, look, it, it is across the board. I, I, I'm not sure if you're familiar, but they, there was a prime time special there on the 21st of March done by RG Data about their um, retail crime and assaults and staff. So, and there are people working petrol stations, you know, your local corner shop, convenience stores. So they're seeing a lot of throughput, you know, convenience shops in the city centre. So you have a lot of people coming through. Um, you know, in the evening, at night, during the day, um, we're also hotels is another is another sector that that it's again where we're seeing it, uh, and actually surprising uh, journalists uh, when they're out and about and and they're seeing it again that they're 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 being uh, verbally abused and and potentially physically abused again. Yeah. So this training course is, is is aimed at at journalists also. Yeah, I know. Well, trust me, I've been I've been that soldier more than once. The website of people are looking it up. It's what if safety. Dot com. Daniel Manning, it's the kind of service you wouldn't think you need, but it's good to know that it exists. Whatifsafety.com if people want to find out more. Thanks for taking the time to talk to us, Daniel. Thank you, Jonathan. And back to festivals we go. The Nice Italian Film Festival returns to Cork on the 20th of April. It runs until the 23rd of April. And Marco Giacchini is the director of the Institute of Italian Culture who's organising the whole thing. He's with me now. Ciao, Marco. Ciao, Jonathan. Ciao. It's lovely to talk to you. Last year was the first year that the Italian Film Festival came to Ireland and it was such a success. You've come back with more. Yes, you're right, because uh, last year we organized the first Italian Film Festival in Cork in May, and uh, we are very, we were very proud of this, and we had a very good attendance at Gate, at Gate uh, Cinema. So this time we doubled. Actually, the, this edition will be screened twice in Cork first and in Dublin uh, at the end of the month. So we are very happy and we hope that the people will come back uh, like last year. I have to say, Italian uh, television and Italian movies have started to become a lot more mainstream in Ireland, pretty much thanks to the likes of Netflix where if uh, and Sky Atlantic have shown some tremendous shows as well. Has that helped attract um, a non-Italian audience to the type of movies that you're showing? 
Yes, actually, um, the platforms uh, have, uh, um, have grown and also the, the people in the audience that uh, watch that films are, uh, have grown. Uh, with this kind of uh, films, we try to also to display and showcase a different uh, um, kind of uh, films. Uh, so um, half of the films come from uh, very young directors. Uh, some of those, they are their first work. And so it's a very new um, point of view. Uh, about Italy and also to discover which are the themes, the main themes that uh, they are going to deal with in their works. And the other uh, half of the movies, they are from uh, very renowned and very uh, popular uh, directors in Italy, also with uh, uh, some of the most uh, awarded um, authors and actors in Italy. So uh, this is a double um, phase, uh, let's say, of the festival. And some of those films, of course, all of all those films, you cannot find them in the platform, so you need to come and to see uh, the, the screen. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you, well, so, I mean, it, it's about coming to the cinema, uh, because that, that is the art form that we are celebrating here, and a lot of the work translates much better in both senses of the word on the big screen as opposed to the small screen. Yes, yes. We are, uh, I mean, this, uh, this festival, the nice uh, format festival, um, it's already 33 years uh, which is dealing with this kind of uh, um, mission around the world. And so, of course, uh, 30 years ago, the, 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 the platform didn't exist. Uh, but we go on with this kind of format because we think that uh, gathering together in, in a cinema screen is much better than seeing your own um, Netflix or Amazon Prime uh, at home. So, uh, of course, we, we need that people come in and uh, feel like it is the, the, the real, the, the live uh, show. In, Absolutely. In, uh, yeah. And, it, and you, could, you couldn't get a better format uh, and a showing uh, location than the Gate Cinema in Cork, which is hosting uh, a lot of the movies you're talking about. Will there be anyone travelling from Italy that might be able to talk about their work? Um, actually, we, we will have uh, one or two directors uh, in, in Ireland. It's uh, remain to see if they can come to Cork or to Dublin. Uh, last year we had uh, one director and one skin uh, writer, so we were very happy to host uh, two guests here. This year we uh, need to split them into <laughs> Cork and, and Dublin, so we are not, uh, uh, we have no the availability yet, but okay. uh, we will keep it. Well, I, I, Marco, it goes without saying that the best ones will want to come to Cork anyway, but that's just the nature of what Cork is. Uh, the website, if people want to look things up, they can find out more at nicefestival.org. Um, and then if you go into that and just search for Ireland and search for Cork, also the Gate Cinema's website has a lot of the information that's up there as well. And just remind us of the dates as well that's happening in Cork, please, Marco. Yes, the the, um, the edition in Cork will be from the 20th of April. The, the starting, the opening uh, the film will be at 6.30pm. Uh, with a, a very interesting movie called On Our Watch in English. Uh, and then uh, the, the last one will be uh, the 23rd of April at 6.30 p.m. as well. And we will showcase the Strangeness, which is about a very, Itali- a very interesting and important Italian uh, writer, which is Luigi Pirandello. Okay, very good. Look forward to it. Uh, Marco Giacchini, uh, the director of the Institute of Italian Culture and the organiser of the Nice Italian Film Festival in Cork and Dublin. Thanks so much for talking to us, Marco.
Grazie. See you there. Bye. Mila, grazie. Thank you very much indeed. And that is it from this episode of Red Business. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget, every episode of the podcast is available right now to download from redfm.ie or from wherever you get your podcasts. Fiona Corcoran was the producer. And as always, we will catch you on the next one. Get the Red Business Podcast every week with Jonathan Healy at redfm.ie and wherever you get your podcasts.